Welcome to the Hello Mornings podcast, where our goal is to help you build a life-giving, grace-filled morning routine. My name is Kat Lee, and in today's episode, we're going to tackle the topic of insecurity and how can we use our mornings to fight the insecurity that can come at us all day long through just the community that we're in, the situations that we're in, and the social media that we live with on a day-to-day basis. So we're talking with Kayla Amy. She's the author of a book called In Bloom, and she's going to share a little bit about her morning routine, give us some really practical tips on how to fight insecurity with our morning routine, and then share a little bit of her story and her journey of insecurity to confidence in Christ. So let's get started with our chat with Kayla Amy. Hey, Kayla, thank you so much for being on the Hello Mornings podcast. Yeah, hi, thanks for having me. All right. For Before we get really into our conversation today, I would love it if you'd share a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I am a mom of two. I have a seven-year-old little girl and a one-and-a-half-year-old little boy. Um, my husband and I have been married for, we just celebrated 11 years. And uh, by day, I am a digital content and social media manager for the world's largest flurry manufacturer. And by night, I write books for women. That makes you sound like Batman or something. Yeah. By day, I'm that's awesome. Um, okay, so this is the Hello Mornings podcast. So something that everybody listening is always curious about is what's your morning routine like? Well, my morning routine, I have to be up really early for work. And so to get myself kind of in a good headspace in the mornings, I like to surround myself with like a really beautiful space. So I have my specific getting ready robes and my bathroom. I have like very specific candles that I like to get ready with every morning um, so that it smells really nice and music playing um, so that I'm in a good headspace in the morning. And then I also have this kind of silly routine. I guess it's not silly, but um, it's just kind of funny. I keep a bunch of dry erase markers in the bathroom. And so every day I write a different scripture affirmation on my mirror um, before I get ready at night so that I can um, have it waiting for me in the morning. I love that. Your past self is sending encouragements to your future self. Mm -hmm. That's so fun. And you have specific robes. This is interesting. So are there robes for different seasons of the year or is just the robe you wear when you're getting ready? Yes. <laughs> so like I really love like a really pretty robe in the morning. So that way when I get up and I get ready, I'm like, oh, it's so pretty. And it just makes me feel like ready to start my day. So and I like, yeah, I like them to be cozy in the winter and light in the summer and very specific about my morning routines. I love it. And it, you, you say you have certain candles uh, or at least candles that you love. Do you have a certain candle that you would recommend? Vanilla orange is Vanilla orange. one of my favorites. I love that scent. So anywhere I can find it, Target makes a really good vanilla orange candle. Very fun. I love hearing how different people do their mornings. I My robe is my husband's old robe because we actually had a robe fiasco a few years ago where he ordered a robe for me for Christmas. But for some reason, they were out of them. And so they sent this other one. And then he ordered one for himself as well, but they had his size. So he got this magical robe that was super comfy and had a hood and everything. And then they sent the replacement one to me. And so it was this sort of like super lame, <laughs> super lame robe. And he, we opened our Christmas presents and he's just like, that's really, I promise that's not what I got. I didn't order myself the awesome magical one and get you the really lame one. And so then I was able to 
he was gracious and, and gave me his lovely robe. So I have this robe that is not pretty. It's manly, but it keeps me warm. And I think that's my number one priority in the morning. So I love hearing how people are different and the different things that kind of get them going in the morning. For me, it's just sure, purely warmth that I need in the morning. Um, Sounds like my little girl. She comes in in the mornings and like, can I sit in front of the heater in here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my daughter actually has a, a space heater in her room because it's on the opposite side of our house. And so she'll just have it running and she'll like, mom, come in here. And I'll walk in and I just sit in there. And I can stay here for hours. It's so warm and awesome. Um, so that's actually something that I hear a lot of people say right now is the hardest thing about doing a morning routine is getting out of bed. Are you a person who can get out of bed easily? Or do you have to kind of take a while to get yourself up and out? No, I'm up and at them in the morning. Um, we joke a lot. We, we talk a little bit about this in the book too. My husband and I are so opposite because I wake up like ready to go, like like a Disney movie. I'm ready to like sing out my windows with all the woodland creatures. And my husband's like, why are you talking? It's so <laughs> early. <laughs> How have you adjusted for that? Uh, you know, we've been married 11 years and we've never really adjusted to that. He just mostly, um, he just mostly sleeps through me being chipper in the morning. <laughs> I love that. That's hilarious. So your morning routine, has it changed in the process of getting married and being a mom? Has it gone through ups and downs or has it been pretty consistent the whole time? You know, it's shifted a lot this past year because I was a stay-at-home mom for about seven years and then I just went back to work full time in the fall. And so for me, there's been the shift of now I am no longer um, responsible for getting all of the people in my house ready um, because now my husband is staying at home with our kids while I'm working. And so, um, so he has the bulk of like preparing the little people for the day in our house. And that has been such a big, a big change for me because my priority for so long has been get everybody else ready and have everybody else ready to go. And now it's a little bit more indulgent. That sounds kind of nice. Yeah. I mean, despite the fact that, you know, now, so, so, so this is a good question for you. So your new book called In Bloom, and the tagline is Trading Restless Insecurity for Abiding Confidence. How has the process of writing a book about insecurity and confidence, how has that translated in the process of such a massive life change from staying at home to working full time? Has that been a challenge for you as far as insecurity going from a place that you kind of knew to a situation that is brand new and kind of balancing all of that? Yeah, definitely. I think one of the things that people who struggle with insecurity or feelings of inadequacy um, also struggle with is sort of like that imposter syndrome idea mm -hmm. where we feel like maybe we don't quite measure up or maybe, um, maybe we're not going to meet everybody's standards. And so I kind of had that going in, making that transition from stay-at-home mom back into the corporate world after such a long break. Um, and so I think writing the book was really good for my heart to prepare me for this transition because instead of really dwelling in some of that negative headspace or some of that self-doubt that I would have had before, this time I had a really good foundation of how to reaffirm with the scriptural affirmations that I had been practicing and, um, and reflect back and sort of change that narrative in my head as I went. That's so good. Did you ever, as an author 
think, oh, this would be a really good idea. And then think, oh, wait, I wrote that. Or see, have you ever seen something written on social media that you said, and you're like, oh, yeah, I said that. That was really good. That's really helpful. I need to remember that. Um, sometimes, sometimes I'll catch it. And I'll be like, oh, yes. But, um, but for the most part, I think that I always have this feeling a little bit of, um, I'm trying to think of a good way to tell you, like, like, oh, wow, that's, I wrote that. <laughs> like, you know, like mm-hmm. somebody else cares about the fact that I said that. Yes. Yes. So you wrote this book about insecurity and confidence and, I want to know a little bit of the backstory. Where did that come from? What led you to write a book about that? So this is the book that had been on my heart for a really long time because this was a big struggle for me for a really long time. In fact, it used to be very paralyzing in my life. I think for many of us, insecurity is born out of a moment of maybe feeling feeling as though we don't measure up or someone else making us feel as though we don't measure up. And so we sort of internalize that and we make that our inner monologue and the way that we talk about ourselves, which breeds more self-doubt and insecurity. And so um, for me, the feelings of feeling a bit inadequate kind of became my filter for how I saw myself and how I approached things in life. And um, as I grew and I started studying and really wanting to live more in a place of freedom um, and live in a place where I felt like God was wanting me to leave rather than my negative worldview. Um, I really wanted other people to experience that same sort of thing. And, um, and so I put, started putting together the process of studying this and, and working through this to make it into book form. What are some of the things or what is maybe the initial step that led to that, that transformation for you? For me, the biggest thing that led me to do this one was finding out I was pregnant with a daughter because I knew that a lot of my insecurity was wrapped up in my identity as a woman. And um, I had a lot of negative self-esteem and um, and also I just had really negative opinions about my own appearance. Like my, my morning routine is fairly good now, but back when my insecurity was such a paralyzing thing. Like I couldn't even get dressed. Like, have you ever had the thing where you like have everything you own laying out on the bed in the morning and then you're like <laughs> yes. crying because you're like, none of this is going to make me feel good about myself. Like I just um, really struggled from a place of feeling as though I felt unattractive and I felt um, like I was not maybe the standard model of beauty that I saw in the world. And and that felt very crippling to me. And I wanted to model something better for the child that I brought into the world. I wanted her to see her mom live a life that was boldly confident and who God had created her to be. And so I needed to kind of course correct before, before I embarked on motherhood. How did you start doing that? I am a girl who likes really tangible applicable things that I can do in my life. <laughs> it's harder for me to just believe something. Faith is an interesting journey for me because it's it's constantly like really living out of, you know, believing in what you can't see. And so I turned to the Bible and discovered that the, the Bible itself is a blueprint um, to really interrupt our insecurity because it is filled with promises of truth that tell us the truth about what God believes about us um, and the way that God sees us. And all of those things are so affirming and so positive and full of love and acceptance um, that what I did was I went through and I started listing 
the things that I felt about myself and the lies that I kind of believed about myself and comparing those to what scripture said about me so that I could replace that narrative and sort of trade my critical inner monologue for one that was more affirming, that was based in a foundation of truth. I like that. That's a super practical tip. I mean, I I actually heard um, a pastor share that something similar the other day where they, he and his wife were in marriage counseling to, to grow rather than to resolve anything in particular. But they said they were pouring their heart out to these counselors for, uh, I guess, a few days. It was where they went away to a retreat for counseling. And at the end of the week, the the counselor said, just, you know, we've been writing down a lot. And basically, we've been writing down all the lies that you've been saying about yourself or your spouse or whatever. And now we're going to spend the day looking up scriptures and see what the actual truth is. And reminding us how we can reaffirm those things. So I love that you did that. And what are some of the scriptures? This is a vulnerable question, but what would be one of the lies that you believed? And then what would be one of the scriptures that you clung to? Yeah, I think one of the biggest ones for me was um, was feeling really unattractive. And so um, I love Ephesians 2.10, and it says, we are God's masterpiece. Um, we were created specifically by God for good works. And, um, and so I love that one very much because it is very helpful to me to remember, um, who I, you know, who put great effort into creating me. Mm-hmm. And then another one I think was, was feeling very invisible. And I think that's something that a lot of women struggle with too, feeling unseen. And so, um, when we went through the book, we put together like the affirmations to kind of line up with the biggest lies we think women kind of believe. But one of my favorite scriptures too is, is when God is talking to us in Romans and says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Like you are never alone. Um, so we're always seen. And I think that one is also really great for when you need a minute to just know that you matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my challenge to those of us listening right now would be, you know, taking 10 minutes after you listen to this interview and just sitting down and writing out some of those lies that maybe you're believing and then looking up a few scriptures, you know, just writing down one or two lies even and, and then using those 10 minutes to look up the scriptures. I just think that could be such a powerful exercise and keep that paper with you. And as those thoughts come to you, just keep referencing back to that. I think it's such a a great tip that Kayla is sharing with us. Now, so we do talk a lot about mornings. And I know that one thing that I struggle with in the morning is not opening my phone first thing. Because when I do open my phone first thing, I think, oh, I wonder what's happening on Instagram. And I want that kind of dopamine hit of what's new. Oh, did anybody like anything? Is there a new comment? And if I ever give in to that, which I do on occasion, uh, it, it, it inevitably happens that I see a post where somebody's like, oh, I'm in Tuscany right now. I'm like, oh, that would be great. <laughs> that would that would be awesome. Just those those things we end up scrolling through. And how do you feel about the role of insecurity in our lives and then the current state of social media? How do you think that impacts women? I have so much to say about this. I have very strong feelings about it. Um, I really firmly believe that insecurity is more prevalent in the lives of women today because of the digital landscape in our current culture. 
because the currency of the internet is validation. And so we get this instant response from people to what we put out there in the form of likes. Like we're literally seeing whether or not people like the way we live our lives. So we've never really had this before. We've never really had this kind of unfettered access to sort of the opinions and the expectations of others to see our lives in comparison to somebody else's lives um, in pictures, in snippets, but it's still a very visual, impactful representation of this sort of, we're constantly sort of being measured in a way um, when we're doing that. And so I think it creates a lot of unspoken pressure on women to feel like we have to measure up or that we might be lacking like in comparison to what we're seeing in our news feeds. And so I think it's really important that we recognize that and that we're cognizant of kind of that lure and that we remember the promises of our true value. So I think it's important to start our day off of social media. Um, and so do you ever, sorry, oh, I say, so my, my morning routine includes like a really wonderful um, playlist of hymns and uh, music that I think is uplifting and just reminding of those promises so that it's kind of soaking in before you even start your day. One thing that I heard about recently, because I love that idea of a powerful playlist, is that if you have an iPhone in particular, you can put it on guided access, which means um, if you go into settings and I think accessibility and then guided access, if you turn that on, you do like a little passcode. And then whenever you turn on your phone, if you triple click it, um, when you're in the music app, then it will only open in that app and you have to enter the password to enter any other app. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, and so, whereas I can, you know, I can pull up my phone to pull up music with the greatest of intentions and two seconds later, there's an Instagram notification of something and I can be tempted to go over there. If you turn on guided access, you can't go over there without entering your passcode or whatnot. So it's just that extra level of security to not go and check the stuff that we don't need to be checking in the morning. So for anybody out there who may struggle with not checking the other stuff on your phone, you should check out the guided access feature. It has been helpful for me. Yeah, um, that's so great. I'm going to put that on, on mine too, because, you know, self-control. <laughs> I, I was going to say, so do you ever struggle with clicking over in the morning? Yeah. I, I definitely do because my day job is managing social True. media. So I am immersed in it very heavily. And so um, I I constantly have the stream going. And so it's important for me to try to keep boundaries and set boundaries and know that um, that I need to sometimes take that, that little breather in between. So what are some of the songs on your playlist? Oh, I really love... Um, Bethel music. I think they have some really wonderfully inspiring songs that really speak straight to my heart. Um, no Longer a Slave to Fear is one that I listen to a lot in the mornings. And um, I listen to it as well with my soul a lot in the mornings. I feel like it's a really great place to kind of center in the morning to start my day. That's on my playlist too. I like that one. Um, okay. So if women start listing out the lies and listing out scriptures to kind of battle those. What are some things that they should look for when they feel that insecurity start to rise up again? You know, I think it really usually begins when you see an increase in negative self-talk. 
So if you see that your inner narrative is becoming unkind or you're saying things about yourself that you would never say about a friend or you would never want to hear somebody else say about themselves, I think it's a good sign to kind of pause and reflect and walk through that process because discontentment and bitterness and envy and resentment, those all grow from insecurity. So when you have those first seeds starting in the way that you're hearing your inner monologue go, it's important, I think, to take a step back. Um, I think it's a good practice to write down and to list out how you're feeling so that you can actually sit down and, and measure that scripture up to it and kind of recenter a little bit because insecurity is a is coming from a place of brokenness. It, it comes when we feel broken about something. And God is a God of restoration and redemption. And so um, what we want to do is fill those broken places with those promises so that we can be restored from that lie. I love that. I love that. So women are listening right now. They're, they're listing out, I, I think you've honestly given such a great toolkit for their mornings, especially, you know, as we head into a day full of things bombarding us, trying to attack our security in Christ, we have, you know, a playlist that we can put together and, and soak in in the morning. And then we have scriptures that specifically combat the lies and the things and the challenges that we believe. What are some other things that might be a part of your morning routine as far as prayer or Bible study or whatever that we could implement um, to kind of, I guess, gird ourselves for the day and girding our hearts um, and fighting off insecurity? Yeah, I typically don't get to my Bible study time until my lunch break during the day because I have a really long drive. But I do enjoy listening to uplifting podcasts on the drive to work. That's helpful. And um, and for me, what I try to do in the morning is center and take a little bit of time with my family um, before I leave the house since I work outside the home now. Um, so typically I go in uh, each of my kids' room and do a small prayer with them before I leave in the morning. And that way... Um, it's, it's more than just me. It's, it's kind of bringing that to, into our family and, um, and leaving them with that, kind of, with that kind of love on my way out the door so that it feels a little more all-encompassing. And maybe also just establishing where your security really lies in the Lord with the scriptures that you're writing on the mirror, but then in the people that really matter mm -hmm. in your home. Yeah, I want to make sure that that's my, that's my last touch out the door is covering my family with grace before I leave. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Uh, so what scriptures on your mirror right now? Do you do the scriptures every day or is that just an occasional thing? Uh, almost every day. Let me hold on and I'll pull it up for you and tell you. <laughs> I'm putting her on the spot. I, know. I will say while, while she's looking it up, y'all, this is a serious subject. And Kayla goes into, you know, great detail with scriptures and everything. Y'all, it is a funny book. I was um, reading it while my daughter uh, was baking. And I was like, okay, wait, 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 pause the mixer for a second. Because I want to read this part. It's so funny. So I, I was honestly surprised that a book called In Bloom with the subtitle of Trading Restless Insecurity for Abiding Confidence by someone with the sweet name of Kayla Amy was going to be so funny. So I just want to throw that out there because it's not what you would necessarily think of because it just looks like such a sweet book and it is a sweet book, but it is also very witty and funny and just another reason I think to pick it up. So while you're looking up that verse, I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, so I'm so glad that you think so. I think that humor is is a great way to 
kind of disarm people when you are um, reading the book, maybe in a group so that you feel connected and that you feel more vulnerable to share and, and dig a little deeper into some of the harder topics because insecurity is a hard thing to talk about. Okay, I had to look it up because I only have a portion of the verse up on the mirror, which, uh, and I want to give you the whole verse um, because we have these included in our scripture cards for when you feel inadequate. And it's uh, 2 Corinthians ten eighteen, And so the full verse is, what you say about yourself means nothing in God's work. It's what God says about you that makes the difference. So that's the portion I have on the mirror right now. What God, It's what God says about you that makes the difference. Because mm-hmm. I'm releasing the book out into the world. And right now my current reminder is, is not what other people say about the book. It's what God says about, about you that makes the difference. And it's what is important in the work that we do. That's so good. So you mentioned something that piqued my interest. You said your scripture cards for when you feel inadequate. What is that? So in the book, we have we have a study guide in the back that gives you like the tangible exercises to go along with each chapter for, for different things you can do. Like when we talked about um, listing the things out and journaling specific things to journal. But we also have a set of these 25 printable scriptural affirmation cards. And we paired them up to different emotions and feelings. So when you feel afraid, when you feel alone, when you feel invisible, when you feel undesirable. So... For example, for when you feel undesirable, Song of Songs 4-7 says, you are absolutely beautiful, my darling, with no imperfection in you. And that one lived on my mirror for a really long time. I love that. So, you, and people can go to inbloombook.com mm-hmm. yeah. to go get there. Yeah. You know, I feel, oh, I feel a little funny. I'm like, you're like, well, in the back of my book, I'm like, I, I read the book. I did, but it's on, it's on like the, the, the last page there. It so is. Yeah. It. Yeah. To download them. So we made them so that you can print them out, cut them out and put them wherever you need to see them until it's just really impressed on your heart. I love that. So one other thing that I want to ask you about is you, kind of a turning point in your journey was when you really found a purpose beyond what people thought about you. You went to, uh, you crossed the border and you led um, like a sports, was a sports camp. You like organized yeah. sports a thing. Sports camp, which sports camp was so for funny kids. for me. Yeah, because I don't do sports <laughs> at all, but I definitely organized the sports camp. I don't know how that happened. So tell us a little bit about just the realization you had and, and how purpose impacted your insecurity. Um, you know, before that, I felt a lot of self-doubt and um, I felt a lot like, you know, if I just become a different person, then everything will be better for me. You know how, I don't know if you all have had this, but for me, I used to like daydream like when I was in like high school, right? Like I'm going to, what if I moved schools? What if I moved to a new state and I could start over where nobody knows me and I could be whoever I wanted to be and then that would make everything better. Um because yeah, I, I love how in the book you call it the daydream. Yeah, the daydream. And um, like in, so I ended up moving to Canada to live, which, you know, I'm from the deep south in Georgia. So it was a big move to go all the way to the West Coast to British Columbia. And I thought, this is like it. This is my chance. Like I can completely start over. Nobody knows me. It's a whole other country. Like I can have a British accent if I want. I can do whatever. <sighs> And then, Which I was on board with as I read that. I'm like, that's a good idea. I mean, I'm just saying it worked. probably worked for Meghan Markle. So, <laughs> um, so I got there and discovered that I had been assigned to organize a sports camp for um, underprivileged children in the city. And that was going to be my 
my assignment for several months. And I had, I had no idea about anything to do with sports. Um, but I wanted to do a really great job for those kids. And so I just poured myself into it, despite the fact that I had zero training or knowledge. I was completely unqualified for that job. <laughs> but um, when I came out of it, I discovered that I didn't need to be somebody different to make an impact. I didn't need to change myself completely. I just needed to really embrace what my gifts were. And my gifts were that I loved those kids and I wanted to create the best experience to let them feel God's love and what we were doing. And so it was really impactful to me to see that um, the, the way that I had thought about myself before was maybe because of things that I had amassed over the years and soaked in about stuff that happened, maybe, maybe things people said when I was in school or that the assessment of my peers in high school and, um, and what mattered wasn't what I had been saying about myself, what mattered, what God had been saying about me and the work that I did through that. And, um, Mm -hmm. and that kind of opened me up to feeling like maybe there's more here. Maybe there's something to work with here. Maybe the way God created me is bigger than what I have been thinking about myself this whole time. Mm, that's so good right there. That's so good. And and really that's something that I'm so passionate about, about people finding their purpose and the, and the thing that they feel like God has called them to, even if it's just an inkling of it. Obviously, we're not going to wake up in the morning and you know have a, a flash of light and say, oh, yes, this is exactly what I'm made for. But just using that morning time to ever so slowly follow him and step into who he's called us to be and what he's called us to do to the point that they get to this place that you got to. And you're like, okay, this is, this is a great use of my gifts. And you were thinking more about the people you were serving and the way that you were serving the Lord than what other people thought about you. And it just blessed you and everyone around you. And I just think that's such a powerful moment uh, to experience. Um, so Kayla, where can people find you online? Yeah, so I'm at KaylaAmy.com and I'm Kayla Amy everywhere on social media because I'm very creative at naming things. <laughs> well, no, that's awesome. You're creative and you you get a jump on things because Cat Lee was not available everywhere. So I'm just proud of you that you were able to be consistent. I have <laughs> all kinds of random variations on social media. So that's an accomplishment right there. But- uh, where can they find the book? The book is everywhere books are sold. So you can grab it on Amazon, Lifeway, Barnes & Noble, or any major retailer that sells books, which is amazing. And I, I'm really, really thrilled to be able to get it in the hands of women. Okay. And so this is my challenge to you guys. You know, go to the bookstore, pick up the book, and read the first line. I promise you're going to love it. I laughed out loud when I read the first line. I'm not going to tell you what it is. You have to go and check out the book to find out what it is, but I promise you it's worth it. It was hilarious and completely unexpected. Uh, Kayla, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate the time that you took to, to be with us. Yeah, thanks for making some time for me. It was wonderful. All right. You have a great day. You too. All right. So my challenge to you is to implement some of those ideas that Kayla shared with us, the writing out scripture, maybe the writing the scripture on the mirror and implementing those into your life to fight the lies, to fight the insecurity. Now, don't forget that if you need resources for your mornings, you can go to hellomornings.org. We have all kinds of Bible studies and printables and workshops and all kinds of things to help you connect with God, live with purpose, and live a healthy life. My name is Kat Lee, and I hope you'll join us next time on our next episode of the Hello Mornings podcast. 
the throne of a noble king And in this place my heart begins to sing It's gonna be a good day A good day filled with his grace His grace and sweet new mercy This song is called God Day by Jen Stanbro. You can get your copy at iTunes, Amazon, or jenstanbro.com. Mm-hmm. 